We talked the first time about being a doer of the word. The second session, we talked about what it means to continue in the word. And if you could tell, it's, it's a real overlapping. We really made it very simple. The walk of faith is a very simple walk. And it's where you're at rest and God is moving in your life. He supplies the strength. See, don't put pressure on yourself to overcome a situation or a circumstance. You're not designed to handle that pressure. The Word of God will handle all that pressure. So the walk of faith, it's just where you stand literally in the strength of God until your circumstances change in this realm to line up with the promises that God has spoken over your life. Today, I want to continue with this. You've heard this phrase, the fight of faith, right? The fight of faith, and you've heard me say this, the fight of faith is to stay at rest. Well, we're going to talk about and we're going to define what that means today. The fight of faith is for you to move from where you are into being fully persuaded that what God said is the final authority. And it's a process, and so I want to talk about that. So open up your Bibles to the book of James. I'm telling you guys, I've been in this thing for a while, and I've, I, I have literally just come to a point in my life where I'm really walking by faith, and then I've had God say, you know, Tony, you're not even in faith. And I'm like, what? But I've got to tell you, when he revealed to me the truths of the word of God, I saw, yeah, you're right. Father, you're right. I'm not even in faith. So many believers who can quote every scripture on the subject of faith, many of them are not in faith because they're not rightly dividing the word of truth and they're trying to do something instead of letting the word do it. Well, we're teaching you in this series how for you to let the word do what it needs to do. It's so very important because God, this is the key to walking in the Zoe, God quality of life that he has for you. So turn in your Bibles to James chapter 1. This has been a foundational scripture. We looked at James chapter 1 verse 22. Well, I could just sense you guys are ready. You're ready to receive the word, aren't you? You just love God. I just sense that's awesome. In James 1.22, it, it defines what it means to be a doer of the word. We went through this. I want to encourage you, go online, watch these messages, outline them on paper. You know what's really cool about uh, watching them online or using our church app and listening to these messages? You can shut me up and take notes and let God talk to you. I mean, it's a wonderful way to study. But you want to get this down. It says here, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So the Bible is telling us in verse 22, it says you got to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. Because if you're a hearer only, you deceive yourself. Satan, the deceiver, is not even deceiving you. You deceive yourself. The Greek words literally reveal what that means. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers. That word literally means a listener. Not just a listener only. And then the word deceiving literally means to exercise one's reason. If you just listen to the word and don't let yourself become a doer of the word, you will all of a sudden start exercising your reason. And then the rest of that word means it'll cause you to reason falsely. And then it will cause you to be misled. You'll think you're in faith when you're not. You'll think you're walking in love when you're not. You'll think you're being led by the Spirit when you're not. Why? Because you've done something where, you, where you're just a listener, but you're not a doer. So many Christians come to church and they hear their answer. But because of their lack of respect for God being first in their life, what happens is they get up from church 
and they leave and they instantly jump back into their world and they take their eyes off God's word and all of a sudden, the circumstances that are of their life, they're trying to reason and figure out what do I do? And, and, and many times, if it turns out okay, they'll say, oh man, the Lord blessed me. And if it doesn't turn out okay over time, sometimes they even say, man, why is God doing this to me? And God's not doing anything but blessing you. So it says here, it goes on in verse 23, for if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, now it's going to tell us what he's like. He is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. King James says glass, it's the Greek word for mirror. So it's like a person beholding himself. It says, for he beholds himself and then goes his way and straightway or at once forgets what manner of man he was. So the hearer only will look at, he'll behold the word of God, he'll look at it, but then after looking at it, the, the person who is just a hearer will take his eyes off the word, which will cause him to go his own way, his reason. He'll be misled by what he's thinking. Why? Because there's only one thing in the universe that will renew your mind, and that's the word of God. The minute you, or the second, the moment you take your eyes off the word, you start to be misled, and you forget what manner of man that you were that you were when you were looking at the word. If you want to see who you are, you must continue all the time, 24-7, to look at the word of God. We're not designed. See, you're a created being. God created you in his image. If you'll, ever, if you'll notice the Trinity, the three who are one, Three distinct individuals, they, do, they have different operations, they submit to each other, they flow with each other, they're one. Then Jesus talks about us as born-again believers and says, whoever's joined to the Lord is one spirit. We're not, see, we're not created to just do it ourselves. Look at, look at the movies, look at all the world stuff. It's all about you be your own man, you do your own thing. If you want to be strong, you got to just stand and just do it. No, it's not true. Have you ever even noticed like the, 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 the movies where the guys are like the big Terminator guys, you know, Sylvester Stallone and Arnold and all these guys, right? Do you notice how even in the movie, how their life's kind of all messed up? Right? Because Satan's all messed up. The world's all messed up, and Jesus has come now to turn the world right side up. You're not created to disconnect from God and go your own way, because immediately you won't be a doer of the word. You'll start, you'll start being let, misled by your own reason. Does that make sense? It says here, but whoso, verse 25... But whoso looks, this, this word means to look and keeps on looking. I can't stress this enough. This principle is all over the book. But whoso looks and keeps on looking into the perfect law of liberty. What is that? That is the word of God. And continues. That means you stay, you remain, you abide in the word. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Notice as you keep your eyes on the word, you do the work. Well, what is the work? It's what God, you work out what God's working in. If you're just a hearer of the word, you will be doing your own works and you'll fail every time, and then you'll wonder what in the world is going on because you're self-deceived. This is where all these doctrines come from. Talk to people who don't believe in divine healing. You'll, you'll find out, well, you know, at the end of the day, they abandon all, with, all that the Word says. They don't even see it. And they'll say, well, you know, I had a grandmother that just loved God with all of her heart, and she died of cancer, so there's no way God heals everybody. And it's like, well, wait, hold on a second. 
So your, all of the hundreds of scripture that promise this, that it's part of the atonement, you throw all that out because of your grandmother, that you really don't know what's going on in her heart. Or we'll judge our circumstances, or it gets really crazy where a bad things happen, a bad thing happens in our life, even though Jesus said, hey, there's an enemy here to steal, kill, and destroy, and we start to think that God did it. You know, this is why Isaiah goes, woe unto those that call evil good and good evil. See, we gotta expo- See, Satan has been exposed. In this church, he's exposed. He's a killer. He's a stealer. He's a destroyer. And he has no authority. Can't forget that last one. Because he can't, he can't steal, kill, and destroy from you as a child of God unless you choose to take your eyes off the word. And then now... He can start, he has an open door to start coming into your life. But if you look and keep on looking, what does it say? You'll not be a forgetful hearer, but you'll be a doer of the work. Now you're on your path. The word is now being a light, a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. It's showing you where to go. You're now working out what he's working in. It is no fun to do anything where you're working and God's not working. Man, I've got this habit of smoking cigarettes and I just, I gotta quit. As a matter of fact, the doctor's even telling me my, my, my health is getting worse and I just gotta quit, but it's so hard. You're right. Man, that stuff is, that nicotine, it's, it's addicting. But you're a child of God. Well, I'm not a very good one because I smoke. Where is that in the Bible? Right? It's not there. No, you're a child of God. You have all of heaven behind you. You're, you have all of heaven behind you in the same way that Jesus did when he was on the earth. And now, if we'll just stop trying to do it ourselves and we'll let the word do it. The Bible said, whoever the son has made free is free. Well, I got news for you. That addiction might be in your flesh and it might be in an unrenewed mind, but it is not in your spirit. And if you'll feed your spirit and you'll keep looking at the word of God, you'll start working out what what he's working in. What does that look like for somebody who's smoking? That what they do, man, they light up a cigarette, but they're in Christ because they're walking after their spirit. And they, they light it up and go, Father, I thank you. I've been delivered from smoking. And they smoke the cigarette. Thanking God that they've been delivered. Why? Because they're looking at the word. I know that sounds weird. Satan hates this. Because all of a sudden, if you'll do that, you'll go one day, you'll be like, wait a minute, I don't think I've had a cigarette for like three or four days. Sexual addiction. Pornography. Man, you are free from all of it. And if you'll look at the word, you'll start doing the work. What is the work? You'll start declaring your freedom. You'll start to tell your body, no, we're not going here. You'll, tell, you'll start to take thoughts captive. And all of a sudden, you'll be like, wow, I am free, and I can't even touch what that felt like being bound. You could take anything. This is, see, this is the thing, guys. Whoever's born of God, 1 John 5 says this, overcomes this is this is in the continual tense it means that i have overcome i'm overcoming and i always will overcome whoever's born of god overcomes the world system this whole satanic kingdom thing you overcome it constantly but what is the victory it's your faith it's it's you keep looking at the word so now faith is coming to you constantly by hearing It's coming out of your spirit. It's speaking to you. And as you meditate in the word, what happens is you're fighting the fight of faith. These thoughts will come at you to do this other thing. But because you're looking at the word, the word of God will rise up and strengthen you. And all of a sudden, you're becoming more and more fully persuaded that you're free. That's the fight of faith. You're not fighting Satan. He's defeated. 
And he doesn't even care about you. All he wants to do is separate you from your faith. That's all he wants to do. Chris, prison ministry. Show me a prisoner that could leave jail and go around all the friends they had before jail and not be back into it. Guaranteed. Why? Because you're not looking at the right thing. Impossible. So, so we want to minister to these people? Listen, all you got to do, what's the difference between them and us? Just the color of their clothes. The story's all the same. Man, I'll tell you, you see somebody in prison that's born again, filled with the Spirit, and has their eyes on the Word of God, you'll meet the freest person you've ever seen in your life. And it won't be very long until they're on the outside. See, it doesn't matter. All of this is the same. And God has an answer for everybody. And it's looking at His Word. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. It says, this man will be blessed. In the literal Greek, it says, this man will be blessed in his doing. Wouldn't you like to be blessed in your doing? Amen. So now let's jump back. You're at, you're at like, we just finished verse 25. Go back to verse 1, and let's kind of go on now. So remember, the hearer of the word looks at the word and then takes his eyes off the word, and the minute you do that, you go your own way. But if you, the walk of faith, to walk by faith, to live by faith, to be free, to walk in the freedom in every area whereby Christ has set you free. All your job is, is to be willing and obedient to keep your eyes on the word. And as you do that, you'll become more and more fully persuaded that what God said is true and what my body is saying or what the diagnosis is, it has to take second place to what God said. And what that means is what's going on in your body has to leave your body. Right? So keep all this in mind. Now look at James chapter 1, verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. James was the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, Jewish, predominantly Jewish church. He was the half-brother of Jesus. He said this, brethren... My brethren or my brothers, count it all joy when you fall into diverse or different temptations. Notice he didn't say, my brethren, count it all joy if you fall into them. No, no, you're in the earth. It's when. When you fall into them. The word is real clear here. You're going to have storms in your life. The enemy is going to the, the, just... Just the fact that you're on the earth, you're, there's going to be storms against your life. There's going to be tests and trials and affliction. That's going to be here. But here's the cool thing. Jesus has already overcome all of it. So there's a way to walk and to be immovable and to always have victory. Because see, you already do have victory. So it says, count it all joy. This means this word count means to treat it and consider it like it is all joy. It literally means to act like it is all joy. You know why you have to act like it's all joy? Because it doesn't feel like it's joy. It doesn't look like it's joy. It feels horrible. Have you ever went through anything? So this is why the word is saying when you're in this, you count it. You count it all joy. So that means I'm going to act like the word is true. Even when I don't feel like it. I'm going to speak like the word is true even when I don't feel like it. This is the walk of faith. But remember, I can't do that in my own strength. So there's a way that I can do that, that as I look at the Word of God, as I meditate in it day and night. See, there are people that watch the Word on TV and they have it playing in their car and they read the Bible, but while they're doing it, what happens is they, they treat it as common 
or they treat it as information. Man, if I just learn one more little thing about faith, then I can walk in victory. And what they're doing is while they're watching it, they're, they're talking to themselves about how that this sickness or this depression or this circumstance is eating their lunch, and there's a way to get all that nonsense out of your life. Because in reality, they're, they're doing all this, but they're just a listener. But oh, when you learn, and, and here's the cool thing, the Holy Spirit of God is on the inside of you and he will help you. He'll be like, okay, keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. It says here, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various different temptations. This word temptations literally means test, trials, and affliction. You fall into them because they're all around you. That's why, that's, that's why it's when, because they're just everywhere. Knowing this, why do I act like it's okay? Why do I count it all joy? Because I know something. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. That the proving and testing of my faith, it works patience. This Greek word means persistence constancy it means endurance it means when the enemy or the circumstance whoever he's using comes against me contrary to what god said the more it presses against me the more that this patience that is part of the dna of who i am it's my father's character we call it one of the nine fruit of the spirit it comes out of my spirit and it literally stops this what does it do? How does it stop it? It literally undergirds and shores up my mind so that in, as it's coming, I'm just laser focused on the word. You're designed that the more pressure that's put on you, the more laser focused you are on the word. How frustrating that must be for the enemy. And because and, and, see, what happens when you keep looking at the word, you'll be blessed in your deed. You, you will now start working out what he's working in. You already have the victory because now this patience, is, it's not me, it's, it's, it's not my flesh or my own strength. It's, it's something that my father gave me. It just rises up and it shores up my mind so that I keep looking at God's word and I keep speaking the word of God until what's on the outside coming against me literally crumbles and now what the word of God says manifests. That's the walk of faith. And this is where the fight of faith is. Most believers, all the reason why they're losing that battle is they just take the, you're taking your eyes off the word. Why? Because you're your Lord, not Jesus. You're living like it. I think I'll read my Bible today. Oh, I don't think I will today. I think I'll go to church today. Oh, you know what? I don't feel like going to church today. I'll just, I just, I'm, and, and see what happens. I think, you know what? I think I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. Instead of going, Lord, what are you leading me to do? See, don't let the enemy trip you up. You're already a world overcomer in him. You, I mean, if you could see yourself, you would see who you are. And to see yourself, all you got to do is look and keep on looking. And you'll start to see who you are in Christ. And you'll let go of this lower life. Because God wants to take you places that you can't even see. He wants you to walk in freedom that he's already provided for you that you've never even experienced before. He wants you to walk in dominion in this earth. He wants you to walk in such dominion and such you're subduing things in your life that now you have no competition. So you could bless your competition because you know I'm going to be above only and not beneath. You can literally get to the point to where you can love anybody and you owe them nothing but to love them. They despitefully use you, it's okay. I, I'm a child of God. Joshua 1.5 tells me that nobody can stop me from doing what God's called me to do. So this person who's, who's coming against me, they don't even know what they're doing. So I'm just going to love them. Watch, just hide and watch Satan. They're gonna, probably going to be my best friend someday. Because I'm strong enough to love them through it. 
right? See, I walk by faith, so faith never puts pressure on anybody else, right? I'm not looking for other people to bless me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to him and realize I'm already blessed. I'm not trying to get healed. I realize that I am healed. So all this sickness and disease, whatever's in my body, it has to bow to who I am in Christ. All this poverty and lack, all this depression, anxiety, fear, all this stuff has to bow to who I am in him. Well, that's pretty arrogant. No, it's not. It's bold. Big difference. If I'm up here saying, oh, because of who I am in myself, that's arrogance. But no, no, it's not who I am in myself. It's who I am in him. That's, right. Come on. That's boldness. And that only comes from knowing him. And knowing him only comes from keeping your eyes on the word of God. Every, if you look at your life right now, if there's any problems in your life or anything that doesn't line up, and realize today that God's looking at your life. He sees every motive of your heart. He sees every area that, you, that nobody else ever knows about. And all he wants you to do is walk in victory. Because, see, when he looks at you, he, although he knows about all that, he doesn't see you in all that. He sees you as you really are in Christ. All that junk, he sees that condemned in the body of Jesus. Everything, that everything has been removed that was connected to us because of the fall of man. It's all been removed. So you're sitting here free. So declare your freedom. You know, Wednesday night we talked about the woman with the spirit of infirmity. Jesus declared. He said, woman, you're free from your infirmity. And then he just laid hands on her to demonstrate what he said. And when he laid hands on her, she was immediately healed. Jesus took care of every destructive thing that came on man because of our union with Satan. He took care of it all. And now you must put everything, everything you have against the enemy. What do you mean, Pastor? Your thoughts, your words, and your actions. My thought life will be in line with the word of God. I'm going to put my thought life right in Satan's face. I'm going to think the word of God. My words... I'm, I'm going to put them right in his face. I'm going to speak God's word out of my mouth. I'm never going to let it depart from my mouth. My actions, I'm going to walk the way the word says. Those are the three things you could put against the enemy. And I'm telling you, the word of God will strengthen you. But you have to, you have to keep looking at the word. Because remember, Jesus said, if you disconnect from the branch, you can't do anything. See, people are getting all confused. Well, maybe God doesn't want me to have this, or maybe how did this happen, or this is God's fault. It's just because they disconnected. Could you imagine, I mean, if, if, if you called me over, let's say Mark called me over to his house, and he's like, hey, can you help me do this thing? i got to drill some holes in this wood. And, and I walk in his garage, I get out of my car, and I hear him just going, doggone it, what's going on? And, and he's got this drill. And, I, and I'm looking at the outlet, and I see the cords like right there. It's not even plugged in. And he's like, why, why won't God bless me? Why won't this thing work? You'd be like, dude, just plug it in. <laughs> right? So here's the message. We should have titled that. Dude, <laughs> just plug it in. I've went years trying to drill the hole. Have you? Have you ever tried to drill the hole for years into granite and, and you got the right drill bit? You know, you know what the scripture says, you just don't have any revelation on it. Or you're just living by yourself and you're just like, you know what? I'm going to do it my way. Right? It's like the one time I, was, I had to go to the, when the Lakers played at the forum, I had to go up there for a meeting. And man, if you know me, my sense of direction... Uh, is not maybe the greatest, right? So I tried to figure it out. And this was back, we didn't have GPS, we had what's called a Thomas Guide. It's, you know, for LA, it's like this thick. And, and you're trying, and it's like, you come to the end of this page, and you gotta go to this page. Well, I, you know, I know up and down, but 
So I'm, I'm in the middle of a place that I should not even be, right? And thank God I ran into some people that really could help me. And, you know, I, I, I'm not so sure with the colors they were wearing. Um, I, I have a feeling they were part of a family. And, uh, you know, they were just part of an inner city family. But they were so nice and they let me write the notes down and I found my way. But, I, but why? I should have just instantly called and said, hey, can you walk me through? No, I had to figure it out. Right? Don't do that in your life. See, here's the thing. You might be sitting here today going, my life, man, what a mess. Don't worry about that. Don't, don't, don't even try to plan how you're going to do it better. Just get your eyes on Jesus, which is his word. Start meditating and let the word of God do the work. That is the message. Hallelujah. Why can you count it all joy? 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, because your father always cause you, causes you to triumph in Christ. It says always. See, Satan tests your faith, not you, because it is the only thing that makes you dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. Satan doesn't have to test you. He's testing your faith. He's wanting to see if you're in faith. Don't make it so easy. This is why in the book of Job it says, I will bridle my tongue while I'm in the presence of my enemies. You could tell if a person's in faith by what's coming out of their mouth, by their countenance, right? Satan wants to strip you from your faith. How does he do that? The instant, if he can get you to take your eyes off of the word of God, which is Jesus, the instant you do, now you're going your own way. He's got you right now. Now the good news is, if you, this is why it is so important to be planted in a local church where you can grow and be equipped so that you can get around people that are following the Lord. I mean, I get around Pastor Mark, I get around Alicia and Teresa, and I just want to serve God. Because it, it flows over off them, onto me, and then I'm flowing onto them. And, and this, see, what happens now, if I ever jump out and I get my eyes off the Lord, man, instantly, I'll get a text. How many times I'll get an email or I'll get something. All, God will, he does everything to put you in an environment where you can succeed and be who you are. These tests and these trials, they're designed to strip you for, of your faith by getting your eyes off the word of God and on your circumstances because the hearer is self-deceived. So how does the deceiver deceive you? How he deceives you, number one, number one way, and don't worry about number two because there is no number two, he, get, he gets you off your eyes off the word. See, and he knows, he knows your flesh. He knows in your flesh is his nature. It'll get you starting to think about yourself. And the minute you start thinking about yourself, see, this is one of the reasons why God shed his love abroad in your heart. The love of God doesn't consider itself. If you don't consider yourself, you literally are operating under the law, according to Romans 8, under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It's, that's, it's the law of agape love. But the law of sin and death, is, is, it literally is self-centeredness and selfishness. So you don't want to go your own way. Yeah, but pastor, I, you know, I've been praying, but I just need God to lead me. Yeah, keep your eyes on the word. Yeah, but, but you don't understand. How is this going to work out? No, no, if your eyes are on the word, you'll stop asking those silly questions. Because we need to be up to here with keeping our eyes on the word so that we know who he is, we know who we are. It connects with our spirit. There's an anointing that lifts burdens and destroys yokes. Listen, you're not, your job is not to do things to get things in this world. Your job is to seek first the kingdom so that he can add it to you. If you don't live that way, then you'll fill your life with a bunch of stuff that'll distract you from God. 
Man, you know, would God like you to have this nice cabin on a lake so that you'd have a place to go and hear from him? Absolutely. But if you don't keep your eyes on the word, we'll never see you again because you'll be at the lake every week. And you'll come and you'll talk about how blessed your family is because of all the family time that you spend. And then when they're teenagers and you're sitting at home or you're sitting in your cabin going, why are my kids struggling? They never want to come to church. They want nothing to do with God. They, they, well, because you, this thing that was to be a blessing because your eyes were not on the word became a distraction and you taught your kids that being on the lake fishing with dad is more important than being in church. But oh, if you'd have kept your eyes on God, you would spend more time at that lake. You'd even spend time at that lake during the week. Because you'd be so blessed, you'd, you'd be able to take time off. You'd probably have your own business with people running it. I mean, all this stuff. We could go on and on, but keep your eyes on the Word of God. So meditating in the Word of God, it releases this patience that's on the inside of you. As I meditate on the Word of God, as I mutter it over and over, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, the circumstances are screaming at me that it's not working out. He always causes me to triumph. He opens doors that no man can shut. He shuts doors that no man can open. He all, you know, all, whatever that is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things are possible to me because I believe. As I do that, see, when I have the word first place in my life and in my heart, now it'll come out of my spirit. So when that happens, it'll give me a sensitivity to spiritual things. Do you know why most people, they're not led by the Spirit. Now they think they are, but they're not. You can tell because their life violates the Word. But, but see, they're not sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You've got to be sensitive to Him. You think, I'm a talker. He never stops talking unless you stop listening. But if you're listening, he'll talk. See, this, this word will be an anchor. See, you want to be sensitive by meditating in the word so that you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So when he talks, you're ready. Because he will always put you in the right place at the right time with the right heart. Do you know how many believers are going to stand before the Lord and have their works judged? Notice we won't be judged because why? We've already judged ourselves. We're born again. We're not going to have to be judged for sin because it's not existent. But all your works are going to be judged. And you're going to want to hear, you're going to want to hear Jesus say, well done. You're not going to want to hear him go, Oof, man, I love you. There's healing for your eyebrows because they just went up in smoke, right? You don't want to hear that stuff. Because you've lived your whole life. Because many are going to live there. There's going to be many pastors. And all of a sudden, they're going to find out, man, I was, uh, I, was, I was not even a pastor, but I thought I was. Or I was pastoring uh, in Louisiana when I, I was supposed to be pastoring in Chicago. And I, I missed, and boy, was it hard too. But I just missed, I missed it. We don't want to do that. you got to remain sensitive so meditating in the Word of God, it renews your mind to cause you to think in line with the Word of God, and then it'll cause you to react and respond according to the Word of God. Do you see that? See, you want to think in line with the Word, which will cause you to react and respond according to the Word. Patience is released by the quality decision that you have to make to stand on the word of God in every situation. You need to take the option out. And you can't look at a lot of the church because a lot of the church is just carnal. They're living like Jesus isn't even real. You know, in these Barnum statistics, I don't even like to read them anymore. Like Pastor Mark was saying, nine seconds, are you kidding me? That's a slap in the face of a teenager. But guess what, guys? Like today... I'm not here, I'm not here ministering to your mind. The Spirit of God is ministering the Word of God to your spirit. And oh, it'll affect your mind. 
It'll affect your mind. Boy, you get in the presence of God and you'll be there for three, four hours. You think it's two minutes. So as you meditate in the word, it's going to undergird your mind. You remember John chapter 8, don't you? John chapter 8. Then said Jesus to those disciples that believed in him, if you what? Continue in my word. Continue. Keep, keep it before your eyes. Then are you my disciple indeed. And then you'll know the truth. And the truth, the word of God, will make you free. See, it's, it's all over the book. So now I want to go through, I want you to go to Mark chapter 4. And we're going to go through the parable of the sower because this parable is foundational of all parables. The word of God says if you don't understand this one, you won't understand anything about how the kingdom of God works. And, and, and what this parable talks about is continuing in the word and being a doer of the word. It's exactly what this parable talks about. So Mark chapter 4, in verse 3 through verse 8, he tells the parable of the sower. Okay? Now in verse 9, he said to them, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. That phrase is the key to the parable. That phrase is the mystery of the kingdom of God. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The whole parable, this whole parable is based on hearing God's word. And notice, God doesn't force anybody. He's like, he that has ears to hear. This is why Isaiah 119 says, he that is willing and obedient will eat the good of the land. Why? Because if you're willing and obedient, God will lead you into life. He'll lead you in the life. Verse 10, And when he was alone, they were that were about him with the twelve asked him of the parable. Verse 11, And he said unto them, Unto you is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Jesus is saying to them, Guys, I'm about to explain to you the mystery of the kingdom of God. This is a very big statement. The basis of how everything in the kingdom of God works the foundation of everything that is taught. This is what Jesus is saying to them right now. It says, but unto them that are without, without what? Without ears to hear. Well, why do they not have ears to hear? Because they chose not to. Why does the believer not have ears to hear? Because they chose, they chose to go do something else when the Holy Spirit was trying to get them to do this. Right? Do you know how many people have hobbies and all they're trying to do is have some peace in their life? And what they don't realize is they're trying to have some peace in their life and their hobby has drawn them away from the Lord. Whereas if they would just look at the Word of God and put it first, they'd have peace in their life and then they'd actually enjoy the hobby more. Right? See, everything's designed in this world to take away all fulfillment. Fulfillment only comes from knowing God. John tells us that's salvation, right? John 17, 3. And this is life eternal, that you may know the one true God and his son Jesus who he sent. That's the whole thing. How do you know God? By looking at his word. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. Look at this. That seeing, they may see and not perceive. That looks a lot like somebody who looks at the word and then looks away and goes his way and forgets what manner of man that he was. Do you see that? It says, in hearing they may hear and not understand. This word understand means they won't be able to put it together so that they could comprehend it. Lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. See, what the Word of God is telling us, if you have ears to hear, you get it all. It's the road. So what, what really causes us to not give our full attention to God's Word? It's hardness of heart. It's we're choosing us and what we want to do above what the Word says. Or it's saying that I cannot have what God's word says he's already given me. Verse 13, 
And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how will then will you know all parables? See, to understand all the parables of Jesus, you have to understand this. And it's all about hearing the word. So verse 14, now he's going to go into it. He says, the sower sows the word. In Luke's account of this parable, it says, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The word is likened to a seed that is sown into the hearts of people. Okay? Your heart is the soil. And when I say heart, I'm talking about your spirit. Your spirit, man, is the soil that, that you plant seeds in. Your heart or your spirit is designed to grow things. The parable deals with the condition of our heart when we receive the word. And there's different types of conditions of the soil. It mentions four. Only one of them produced. And the one that produced, there were different degrees that it produced based on the person's attitude towards the word. In other words... The word of God is what produces everything in your life. So don't try to overcome, let the word do it. Don't try to figure out, just let the word grow it. You start to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He always causes me to triumph. And pretty soon, a desire will start coming out of your heart for a business, to go here, to do this. Why? Because the word, it's growing. And it'll produce something outside in the form of prosperity, abundance, peace. It'll produce everything, right? So the sower sows the word. Verse 15, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, so this is wayside ground, this is the soil of a person's heart, wayside. But when they've heard the word, past tense, notice they're not hearing it, they've heard it. So now if, they're, if you're not hearing the word, guess what you've just done? You've taken your eyes off the word and you're going your own way. Do you see that? Very simple. If it wasn't simple, I couldn't be talking to you about it. It says Satan comes immediately and takes the word that was sown in their hearts. Matthew's account says, when anyone, I'm sorry, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then comes the wicked one. Now, why don't they understand it? Because they took their eyes off of it. Because you got to keep your eyes on it. Have you noticed, have you ever read anything in the Bible that you didn't know what it was? Do you know what I say when I read something that I don't know what it is? Father, I thank you for revelation here. I thank you as I keep peering into it, I'm going to see it. Because he's Jehovah. He's the one who reveals himself. It says, and understands it not, then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. Luke's account says it this way. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then comes the devil and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. If you keep Hearing, listening, and keeping the word, Satan can't take it. Because, you know, the question here is, okay, wayside. How in the world does Satan have access to my spirit to take the word? Nope. He doesn't need it. If he can get, because your mind is the control center, and if he can get you looking at anything else other than the word, you just let it go. That's how he takes it. He doesn't kick down the door of your spirit. And he wants nothing to do with your spirit. Because guess who is in your spirit? God, the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want anything. He has no access, but he has access to your mind if you'll allow it. Only if you'll allow it. So verse 16, and these are likewise which are sown on stony ground. So this is the second type of ground. Who when they've heard, again, past tense, the word, immediately, they receive it with gladness. Oh, Pastor Tony, that was an awesome service. That is just phenomenal. Man, I got my answer. And before they get out of the parking lot, they're up to here in their circumstances again. That's stony ground. It says, and have no root in themselves. This word root means they have no moisture in themselves. 
Why would they not have any moisture in their spirit? Because they stopped watering the word. You want me to show you how to water the word? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My sprinkler's on right now. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. These words, see, the word of God in your mouth, there is no difference than the word of God in God's mouth. He made you in his image. There was a reason for that. You're, see, I'm not a body. I'm a spirit. I'm a speaking spirit like my father. Now, I'm not God. I'm his child, though. And I could take his word, which cannot not come to pass. And if I'll believe it in my heart and speak it out of my mouth, his power comes on the scene to start changing everything. It says they have no root in themselves and so endure for a time. See, when you go your own way, here's the deception. You might think you're enduring for a time. Afterward, <laughs> see, this is what happens. You go your own way. And, and, and you think Satan's just going to come take you out right away? No, no, no. He'll give you the illusion. You're going your own way. But then it says, but afterward, when, ooh, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake. See, notice the persecution and affliction, it doesn't arise for your sake. It's the word's sake. Because the minute you take your eyes off the word, you're done. Right? So look at this. It says here, when afterward when affliction comes, test, trials, and pressure which produce an attitude in you that says, man, this is just too hard. Have you ever heard the word and started going, okay, I'm going to believe it. And then you say, man, it's just too hard. That's, what, that's what's happening right here. Or persecution. What does persecution say? That's when other people are coming and saying, who do you think you are? that you're healed, that you're blessed. That, that angers religious people, right? It says, arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. What does that word mean, offended? It means you're entrapped. This is, if you ever get offended with any person or anything, what happened to you is you, it's this Greek word offended. You were entrapped, which tripped you up, and it caused you to distrust who you should be trusting. Isn't that, you gotta be real careful. Luke's account of this says this, the, they on the rock are they, which when they hear, they receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in the time of temptation, in a time, this word temptations mean, in a time where now you're being provoked, your adversity's coming, you're putting to proof, you'll fall away. Then verse 18. Now this, verse 18 and 19 is thorny ground. This is where most believers are living. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. So they're hearing it. But the cares of this world, see the cares of this world will, will, will literally create an attitude in you if you're not, if you don't keep your eyes on the word, It'll create an attitude that you'll just say, I just don't have time to put the word first. I have too much going on. Be careful for that. Because I'm, I'm telling you, this is for 2018 because we are by far the busiest generation of all time. Right? It says, and it says, and the deceitfulness of riches, the deceitfulness of riches, it produces an attitude which will always put your job and career first. I just, you, you don't, and, and it's not like, you know, the deceitfulness of riches is this. Man, I, I just got to provide for my family. I got to do this. I got to work four jobs. I got to, no, be careful. Let God work, show you what to do in every situation. And then it says, in the lusts of other things. It literally, that word lust means the desire of, of other things. This is where most believers are. It produces an attitude that just says, I don't want to put the word of God first. I want to do what I want to do. The desire for the things of the world have become greater than the desire for God. That enters in and chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. Isn't this interesting? The commentary on this verse is this. The desire for the things of the world 
become greater than the desire to continue giving attention to the Word of God. This is talking about a way of life. See, Satan is not taking the Word of God now. There are no works. You're not, the, you're not a doer of the Word, so it's barren. It chokes it out. Thorny ground is where fruit begins to grow, but it is stopped because no attention is given to the Word. The attention that you give God's Word will determine what you have. Never forget that. And here's the good news. If you have literally set it down and you got other things first in your life, all you have to do is change your mind. You don't have to go back to step one. It's still right there. So you just repent. That literally means to change your mind. Father, I've been putting other things first, and I repent of that in Jesus' name. And now I'm turning to your word. And you'll find you don't have to go back way months. No, just pick it up and keep going. I know I'm healed. I call this thing done, right? This is, this is so very important. Verse 24, and he said unto them, take heed what you hear. Now this is an interesting Greek word because it means what? It's the Greek word tis. It means what, but it also means who? You better be real careful, not only what you're hearing, but who you're hearing. Whenever, and see, whenever I hear somebody comes into my life and says something that's contrary to the word of God, I don't ever do it when they're there, but as soon as they walk away, because it'll just like hit me. Father, I curse that word. They didn't even realize what they said, but I don't receive it. It has to die in Jesus' name. I'm healed or I'm whatever it is, right? Be careful what you hear or who you hear because with what measure you measure, it will be measured unto you. This is a kingdom principle. And unto you that hear shall more be given. So here's the cool thing. When you make a decision to look and keep looking, more will be given to you. This Greek, this Greek phrase, more, it's continual present tense. You'll keep getting more and more and more and more and more, and you'll know him more and more and more and more. And now you are growing to where you're getting fully persuaded that cancer has to be out of your body. It can't live there anymore. Right? This is, this is the walk of faith that we're talking about. And it says here, And he that has not, he that has not ears to hear, from him shall be taken. Now notice, who does the taking? Satan. Even that which he has. See, there is no middle ground here. You're either living for God or you're living for Satan. Well, what about myself? Right. You're either living for God or, because there is no middle ground where you live for yourself on this planet. Talk to people that don't know God or, or just, they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm an, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. I, you know, I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to do my own thing. You're, according to Romans, you're not doing your own thing. You're literally totally under the influence of the prince of the power of the air. So now, I want, I want to go to just a couple verses in Romans, and I want to start to talk about something. I believe I'm going to talk about this more Wednesday night when we talk about a principle of healing. Uh, but go to Romans chapter 4. I want to just show you, as we leave, I want to show you Abraham's example. So, Abraham's example of faith, because you'll see it. You, you need to see something. So in verse 17, in Romans 4, 17, it says, as it is written, now, now he's quoting Genesis 17, 5, where God said to Abraham, I have made thee, actually his name was Abram at the time, I have made thee a father of many nations. God spoke this to Abram before he had any children. See, God counted this as done way before Isaac ever came on the scene. God called you a world overcomer a couple thousand years before you were ever born. God called you healed 
way before you ever even were born, let alone symptoms got in your body. Verse 19, jump to verse 19. In the King James Version, it says this, and being not weak in faith. So if I'm not weak in faith, what am I? Strong, Strong in faith. He can, now look at the wording here, because I got to tell you, they really are missing the way this is, should be written in the Greek. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. So to be strong in faith, I can't consider my body now dead. That's what the King James really allows you to see. And we know that word considered means don't closely observe. He considered not his body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. What does that mean? He was old. She couldn't have a child. They couldn't have children when they were young. When God showed up and Abram was, you know, what was he, 75 years old? Uh, they may have been able to have kids at 75, but now at 99, at, you know, at 100 years old, no. There is no physical way to have children. Your body's dead. It says here he didn't consider according to the punctuation. What's interesting is the Greek words that the translators translated in the King James Version are all accurate, but I want to show you, now for all of you guys who are like me, grew up in the Baptist church, man, the Baptists did it right. If you could pull up the New American Standard Version of this verse, it's really awesome. In the New American Standard, it literally parallels the Greek. It says here, verse 19, without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated, or that means he considered, his own body, now as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. So it, it says that Abraham, being strong in faith, looked at his body and said, wow, no way it's happening because of me. And Sarah, you're still a beautiful lady at 90, but there's no possible way it's happening, right? Notice, it is not a weakness in faith to consider your circumstances. It is not a weakness in faith to consider the weakness of your flesh. It is a weakness if you stop looking at the Word. Abraham is not denying that his body is now dead. It's dead. And that's all right, because that doesn't change the promise of God. You could have stage four cancer and only be given three more minutes to live, and it doesn't change Isaiah 53, 4 at all. Without being weak in faith, he considered his body now dead. That's amazing. Abraham was not looking at his body to tell him what his answer was. Do you see that? What do we do? What do we do in our life? We keep looking at the circumstances to see if we've received our healing or if we have what God says. We are not to do that. No, 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 no. Now keep going with this. Verse 20 in the King James Version, it says this. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. He didn't oppose. He didn't contend with it. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now look at the NASV of this verse 20. Yet, it says this, yet with respect, I love this, with respect to the promise, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong, grew. Not was instantly, grew. Grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. Abraham, because of his respect for the word of God, what God had said, he promised him a son. He, he literally, he grew. He knew God. He respected God's word. 
Abraham did not allow his body to tell him whether or not God's word was true. He grew strong in faith. How? Giving glory to God. Listen, you say what you see. You're not giving glory to God if you're not looking at his word. He walked around at night and he looked at the stars and he remembered when God said, Abram, Abraham, if you could count these stars, you'll be able to count your seed. He walked around the desert during the day and, they, and he remembers when God said, you know, if you could count the sand, you'll be able to count your seed. And he walked around and as he all, notice it was day and night. He's meditating in the word day and night. It's shoring up his mind. He'd look at Sarah. He'd look at his body. And he's like, yep, our body might be dead, but man, this is going to be a, I, it's going to be a miracle. This is going to be wonderful. Now, God showed up at 75. By the time he was 86, he, he, he was not in faith. He, he had a baby with uh, Hagar. Remember that? We have a lot of problems in the earth because of that one. And then all of a sudden, though, God shows up at 99, and at 99 years old, within, within nine months, they got in faith. And this is, what, this is how they did it. He grew strong in faith, looking to the promise. Looking unto the promise of God kept him from being swayed in his body. The question today is, are you going to respect the facts and circumstances of your life more than what God says. And that will be the determining factor for you. If you get, if you peer into the word, something will rise in you to where you're like, I don't care what I see. I don't care what I feel. I don't care what the whole world is saying. Let every man be a liar, but let God be true. For me, there's only one option. And you can't do that unless you keep looking. Look at this, verse 21, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. See, Satan is always working, trying to keep you from being fully persuaded. God's word, if you'll keep looking at it, it will, over time, you'll grow and you'll be fully persuaded. And as fully persuaded as you are right now, in an hour, you'll be more fully persuaded. The process, this is a process. It's the process of renewing your mind with the word. Always remember this, and I'll close with this. Guys, we have learned, we have learned something today that is so important. If you have respect for God's word because you're looking at it, listen, you can look at your circumstances and it won't affect your faith at all. To be honest with you, you'll just thank God. Father, I thank you. Satan will say, hey, look at that pain in your body. Did you notice that tumor grew? But if you have your eyes on the word, you'll be like, wow, yeah, you know, it did grow. Father, I thank you that I'm healed. Satan's going, what? Guys, I'm going to leave you with this today. Never stop looking at the word. The Holy Spirit will teach you how to do that. A, a mature believer has the ability to live in major chaos while he's at peace. And every one of us can do this because of who we are in Christ. Amen?